You know, sometimes people ask me, hey, Matt, I want to work for a startup. Which type of startup should I work for? And they're asking to know, like, which startups do I think are going to be the biggest, right? The ones that end up like Google and Facebook. When I actually don't think this is how potential startup employees should be looking at where they work. Yes, they want to join a company that's up to the right, that's growing really quickly. But one thing I think that is kind of overlooked many times is the culture fit. And how are you able to determine if there might be a culture fit or team fit before you even join the team? Well, I found something that actually enables you to do this, and it's called JobServe. JobServe gives you the edge that you need to understand your personal work style and how that affects the job you do and those you work with. Ultimately, you fill out their assessment, then you're able to see, oh, this is my work style and I gel with these types of people or this type of team, and this is the type of team that I may not gel with. For example, I took the assessment, and there's a few things that I learned. One. My temperament is I'm a driver. My primary tendency is to take control of situations. I prefer more of an independent approach with an emphasis on persistence, pragmatism, and a strong will. What's my leadership tendency? It's relationship-based. I prefer to focus more on relationships in order to support and motivate others, whether the individuals report to me or not. These are things that I've learned where if I ever in the future wanted to work for a startup, I would keep these in mind. Would I want to work for a startup that doesn't like drivers, doesn't want independent-minded thinkers? Well, if that's the case i wouldn't work there right and i now know that because i've taken this quiz so for you if you are thinking of breaking into startups you want to understand what startup would be a good fit for you i highly encourage you to go to jobserve.com that's j-o-b-s-u-r-v.com take the assessment and learn more about yourself so you understand what team would be the best fit for you and how about this after you take the assessment email me matt at mattsherman.com let me know what your results are and i bring a couple of you onto the podcast to chat with me about your results and what that means and what types of startups might be a good fit so if you are interested in understanding yourself better and more importantly understanding what type of startup is the best fit for you on a cultural level on a team fit level, go to jobsurv.com, take the assessment, and email me at matt at mattsherman.com, and maybe I'll pick a couple of you to come on the podcast and chat about your results. And note, if you're an employer, this is for you too. You can use JobServe ultimately to make sure the people that you hire are aligned with you culturally and a team fit. That is jobsurv.com. Check it out. Email me once you fill out the assessment, and maybe I'll have you on the podcast. Now let's get into today's episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical skill yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. 
All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jeremy Navarro, who's the founder of Dorm Ops. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on and sharing what you're working on with Dorm Ops. For people that don't know what you're working on or haven't heard of it, can you share what it is and what, what Dorm Ops does? Yeah, sure. So Dorm Ops is an educational Gen Z marketing agency. Uh, so what we do is we have two missions. Uh, the first half of our company is entirely educational. So we have innovative marketing, educational software and programming um, that we use to teach students how to market. Um, because I think personally that, that marketing is very experiential, um, that learning for it should be experiential. Um, and right now, the, you know, one of the problems for learning marketing is that you have to pay to learn. Um, so with dorm ops, the idea behind that half of our company is that you earn to learn. Um, so, uh, students come in, they learn, <clears throat> they learn marketing through our educational software. Um, and then once they're done with the curriculum, they get put into one of our marketing teams and then they get, um, you know, sourced out to companies that are looking for Gen Z marketing. Um, so it's cool. We're entirely student run. Um, and we've, uh, been doing some really cool stuff with some cool brands. So let's kind of walk through if I was a student that wanted to, that kind of came across this. Um, I guess one, what types of, P, what kind of students do you work with um, and how do you find them? And then like what types of marketing stuff do you teach? As you mentioned, like it's very, like, like marketing moves is, is a very, very fast, uh, fast rate. Um, so I'm just kind of intrigued, like how do you know what to teach? Um, kind of what are some of the things that are going to that curriculum? Totally, totally. That's a great question. Um, so in terms of students that we work with, we work with primarily undergrads, um, although we have taken on grad students recently. Um, when, when the company first started uh, a couple months ago, I put out a post on LinkedIn um, just to sort of gauge the market. Um, and within a day, it had over 60,000 impressions. Um, we had 300 applications just from that one night alone um, from students alone. So there, there was huge market validation there. We had a ton of undergrads apply. Um, so it's primarily the students we work with are primarily students who don't have experience with marketing, but are you know creative, intelligent, um, sort of in tune with brands and with market, um, because those are the types of students that um, we know can really benefit the companies that we work with. We work primarily with startups and SMBs. So we want students who are sort of conscious of, you know, the economic impact that they can have, um, as well as sort of like the cultural impact they can have on a company. Uh, in terms of the things that we do teach, um, I think you're right. Marketing is interesting because it's, you know, it's a, sort of feel that evolves every now and then. Um, I mean, like Trump's executive order on TikTok kind of changes how people are looking at TikTok recently, even then. So um, we do a lot of sort of that. We do a lot of like macro level education, but on the micro level, we do a lot of um, sort of really specific marketing education because I think there are some agnostic skills that will just carry over um, in marketing, at least for a long time. So um, one example of something that we're working on is we have... Um, an ad simulation game that lets students um, essentially <clears throat> create an ad and then put it into a, a fake simulated market and see how it performs. Um, and they can then test that against other types of ads. Um, whereas typically in like today's status quo, in order to learn how to use ads, students would typically just have to pay and try to you know, use an ad um, or put an ad on, on a social media platform. So it lets them you know, experiment with that type of thing and then sort of learn experientially um, and have like failures and successes. Um, over time. And then on the other side of what you're doing, you, you so you match up these students with startups, uh, small businesses that are looking for marketing, um, marketing help. What kind of like, what types of 
I guess, positions do you fill there? Does it just depend on the need of a startup? And I guess if someone's like listening, I guess what types of startups do you work with? If someone's like, oh, like, I want to work with, I want to work with marketers. Like how, kind of, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, I think so. The work we do is, I think, very industry agnostic. So we, we do a lot of work in a ton of verticals. But I think that there are three particular types of work that we do. I think first is social media marketing. Um, just because, I mean, you know, Gen Z is the social media generation, so there's no one better to be doing it than Gen Z. Um, the second type is content marketing. And so that can be like content writing, uh, blog writing. It could be, you know, coming up with a content strategy, uh, you know, like webinar schedules, stuff like that. Um, videos, blogs, uh, uh, podcasts like what we're doing right now. Uh, and then the last is marketing strategy. And I think that's that's one of the more popular ones just because I think a lot of companies right now are just looking to get into the minds of Gen Z. I think Gen Z is very, uh, it's a buzzword right now in marketing, um, but I think it's a buzzword for good reason. I mean, Gen Z comprises 33% of the world's population. Um, in the US alone, over $150 billion in buying power. So it's just like, it's a, it's a really powerful generation. Um, and, you know, companies I think are, you know, rightfully trying to tap into that market. So um, it's been a good space for us to be working in. What are some things you think that people don't understand about Gen Z or misunderstand about them? You know, obviously each generation has their, like the previous generations, like, Oh, like we think this, yeah. but you know, it's, it's not like, it's not generally true. I'm curious for you, like, what are some things that you could teach me and like my listeners about Gen Z that we may not know about? Right. I think, <clears throat> I think a lot of people will look at Gen Z as sort of a monolith or they'll think um, they'll define Gen Z as one demographic or like one individual and try to market to that individual. I think the thing about Gen Z is it's, that makes it so unique is, I mean, and, and this is true about all generations, but I think especially Gen Z is, um, it's not one type of person. It's not one individual. It's, you know, a bunch of very diverse um, and individualistic people. Um, and that's sort of, that's sort of the generation and it evolves a lot over time. And you can, you can track that on social media, um, especially. So it's like a very, it's very trackable sort of changing demographic. Um, which I think is sort of the pitfall in, in a lot of the marketing that some companies will do is that they'll like try to target Gen Z at a specific point in time in its sort of evolution, um, but it's constantly changing. And so um, I think there are specific things that companies can do um, to really reach Gen Z, um, such as like being transparent, being intentional, um, sort of, you know, staying away from like performative activism, stuff like that online. Um, but I think that's sort of like the the major pitfall or misunderstanding about Gen Z is just like people try to pigeonhole them or pigeonhole us into like one specific category when really um it kind of expands beyond that yeah that makes sense one thing that i sometimes um struggle with is i so i'm like a startup person i have like some amount of influence so a lot of people like re, you know reach yeah. out to me for help or advice or whatever and i yeah. i help a lot and um but something that i have um I, i'm noticing in gen z is you all are like super ambitious. Like you're like, at least the one, not everyone, but like there is like a, like a large group of, of percentage of Gen Z that's just majorly ambitious. And like, and, and in some ways, like some, some that I've noticed don't even know what to do with an ambition. They're like, they just want to help. They want to do big things, but they're not like, it's hard to materialize. I'm curious for you. Do you see the same thing when you're bringing in students and how do you, how do you kind of um, work with that when you've got these like extremely smart, extremely ambitious young people but it's not super direction uh, directed if that makes sense yeah no that's a that's a fantastic question i think um i, I mentioned earlier that i put out a post on linkedin and it had sixty thousand impressions 
one other thing I did is I'm sure you've seen on, you know, on LinkedIn online, all of these different Slack communities popping up, you know, like there are so many of these sort of self-selecting communities of students that are really entrepreneurial and want to do like projects or whatever it is because COVID's kind of canceled the entire summer. Um, so I've joined a bunch of those. I'm in, I'm in 42 Slack channels right now. It's insane. Um, and I'm just like surrounded by all of these students um, who are, you know, so entrepreneurial and ambitious when I brought on a couple of them onto dorm ops, it was actually kind of funny because a lot of them had sort of specific ideas for how they wanted dorm ops to sort of transform or like what direction they wanted it to go into. Um, so it was cool. I mean, like it was a great sounding board. Um, I think that said, you know, yeah, the students, they're just so, they're so ambitious, but that's something I want to buy into more. Um, I don't think it had a negative on, on my company at all. Um, I think in fact, um, you know, I think the cool thing about marketing and the way that at least that DormOps works is we have a lot of teams. And so I was able to put these people onto teams um, and they were able to have, you know, that impact that they wanted to have onto a bunch of other companies. Um, just because marketing in particular, like especially branding work, um, can do a lot in terms of like transforming how a company operates. Um, so a lot of those really entrepreneurial minded students were able to have the impact that they wanted um, from a marketing perspective. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, super ambitious entrepreneurial generation. Totally. I'm, I'm figuring out what to, what to do about it from like the investor perspective. Like, I'm not an investor. Uh, I think at some point I will be maybe soon, um, depending on how, how things go. But like my persona is an investor. Like I like that. It's kind of like how I help and, and, and I connect people to other investors and stuff. And, um, I, I love the energy and the, and the ambition and for me, I love the challenge of like, if someone like telling me their, their vision and their big idea, but like in like 17 paragraphs, I'm like, all right, this is great. Can you tell that to me in like two sentences? And just like, just right. like kind of like play ball a little bit. Like these are smart people. They're just like, you know, they're, they're learning how, how it works. So I, I love, I guess the, 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 it would be called like playing ball or like tennis or something like that. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. So what have you, since you started uh, um, this company, like what have been some of the things that you've learned either about students, about yourself, about business building? Um, what are some learnings that you've taken away? Yeah, I think uh, my first lesson, I think is I realize it's really hard for me to say no. And I think that's because I come from sort of a, an untraditional background, at least in tech. Um, so when opportunities come up, I get, I get really excited and then I jump at them. Um, and so in particular, the way that manifested with dorm ops is we grew a little too fast, too quickly. Um, and so as a result, like our scalability was, was impacted pretty heavily. Um, and I had to, I had to scale back. And I think that I would consider that sort of like quote unquote first failure uh, at dorm ops, um, just because that impacted sort of operations moving forward a bit. Um, so yeah, hard for me to say no, just because like opportunities like really excite me. Um, that said, I think, um, you know, I think the most important thing as a founder is to, you know, have that blow through walls mentality, um, just sort of like take things as they come. Um, and that's something that, that I definitely learned uh, through, you know, it, you know, coping with that, confronting that failure. Um, but then again, yeah, I am a, <laughs> come from a non-traditional background. I go to Middlebury College, which is um, a liberal arts college up in Vermont. I'm, I major in comparative literature. Uh, and so neither of those things really scream out like VC, entrepreneurship, uh, tech. Um, so it's, it's been fun, you know, having that background and trying to navigate how to, how to, you know, manage a company. I think one of the tougher things of managing dorm ops is not only am I a student, but I'm also sort of like a non-target student. 
And so trying to convince companies that I'm the right person to be working with or that DormOps is the right company to be working with um, has been a struggle. Um, it's quickly become much better as, as sort of like our pitch is solidified, as like our marketing education is, you know, refined constantly over time as we've gone, gone testimonials from companies. Um, but yeah, like taking that initial step and trying to, you know, figure out how to, you know, navigate all these different relationships was, was definitely a struggle at first. How do you think about, um, you know, the epicenter of, of tech and startups, which is Bay Area, San Francisco? Like, are you actively trying to, like, break into that? Have you found your own little niche, or not niche, but, like, your own little community um, in, in your area? I guess, ha- like, because I, I, I went to Arizona State University, and I'm a communications grad, so I'm, it's actually, like, kind of kind of similar. So I've actually, nav- I'm, like, I feel like on the tail, at like, like, I went through like the woods for quite a while to figure it yeah. out. And I think I'm doing, you know, a fairly good job at it. But for you, like, how are you thinking about it? Do you want to break in? Are you trying to like do your own thing outside of the, the, the inner circle? Or how do you think about it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you had asked me maybe three months ago, I probably would have said product management. I think it's like still like the shiny thing in tech right now, right? Is like being a product manager or working in venture capital. Like those are the two shiny things. I think that's still what I'm interested in doing. Um, that said, I think, you know, as DormOps has grown, I've definitely realized that I want to be, I want to work for myself. I want to have something that I can operate. Um, I don't think that necessarily means, you know, owning a company. I think that can mean, you know, owning a product or owning a product, uh, a product's marketing or go to market strategy. Um, so I think that's sort of where I'm leaning. Um, I definitely, you know, I don't know if I want to be in San Francisco. I actually came, I used to move, live in California. I live in uh, just outside of Boston now. Um, but I've always had a pipe dream of living in New York. So I think that's where I ultimately want to end up being. Uh, but I do, I, I know that I want to work in startups and tech. Um, and so I've been trying to figure out sort of, you know, my first steps into that world. I think DormOps has been a fantastic sort of warm introduction to so many people, um, especially because as it's like grown exponentially these past uh, couple months, especially. Um, so that's been, that's been super cool. I, I know that that's where I want to be. I think comparative literature I think the transferable skill from that is sort of, uh, you know, the reason I'm, I am a comparative literature major is because I love storytelling. I think uh, the reason I fell in love with startups, and this is going to sound cliche, is just because my favorite stories are in startups. They're not sort of in like the literature that I've been reading. Um, and so I think the best storytellers when it comes to startups are product managers or product marketing managers. And uh, that's sort of like the niche that I think I want to be working in. Yeah, that's awesome. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but that makes total sense. You know, storytelling is, is pretty much the skill. If you're trying to sell a vision, sell anything, um, is, is all about storytelling. So kind of how do you think about it? Um, with either you could answer this in the scope of dorm ops, or you can answer this in the scope of just you depending on what, what you're looking to do. Like in 10 years, where do you see where do you see dorm ops? Or where do you see yourself in tech? Like, or even even like 20, you know, as, as far as you want? Mm-hmm. What's your vision for, for dorm ops or like your specific career in tech? Yeah, oh gosh, that's a great question. I think so dorm ops, I, I know I'm super excited about dorm ops future. But I think one of the things that's integral to DormOps identity is that it has to be student run. And so one of my goals over the next couple of years, you know, as I go finish college and then go to, go to business school, I think I want to lay the foundations for DormOps to be really scalable to other, uh, other students in the future, uh, because I want this to be something that's entirely student run moving forward. So um, in a few years, once I'm, once I'm, you know, ready to actually enter, you know, the real world, I want to be able to just hand this off to a student that I've, that I've worked with who can, who can manage it and then keep it moving forward. Um, 
as a student-run organization. So that's my vision for dorm ops. So, you know, after graduation, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> oh, no worries. No, I mean, you, you answer the question for sure. I, in regards to, um, like how you think about dorm ops and the future of it. I think that's great that you want to, um, that you want it to be like student run. That's awesome. Which means you'll like, you know, pass it off to other people. They'll run it. They'll pass it off to other people. And I think, I think that's, that's sweet. Um, in order to, to make that happen, um, and to kind of like help you accomplish that, I guess, how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring people? Are you looking for, you know, startups to work with, looking for more students, um, you know, how can, how can the listeners assist with what you're doing? Yeah, I think, uh, two primary things. So right now we're, you know, we're constantly iterating and trying to refine our, uh, the marketing educational software that we have on board. Um, just because like you said, you know, marketing changes constantly. So we need to be sort of on top of things, um, as they change. Um, so yeah, we're, we're developing new software right now. So if there are any sort of interested software engineers out there, I can always use some help. Um, and we're, we're actually hiring a software engineering intern at the moment. Um, so I'm happy to send over a job description or anything. Um, if there are students interested in being marketing associates, mar dorm ops, again, we're, we're always hiring um, in that regard. Um, and then again, the last thing I think is, um, you know, if there are any, you know, small businesses or startups out there that are looking for um, help with their marketing or branding, uh, you know, happy to uh, jump on a call and sync up about, you know, what you're, what you're hoping to accomplish and how we can help. Uh, we work primarily with early stage startups. Um, so I would say pre-seed to right before series A. Awesome. Um, and uh, if someone wanted to get in touch uh, about any of those things, what's your URL? Are you on social media? Can they email someone? I guess how can people get in touch if they're interested? Yeah, you can uh, hit us up at dormops.com. It's D-O-R-M-O-P-S.com. Uh, and then you can also email me at jeremy at dormops.com. I have to ask, was it a $10 domain or did you have to put out some money for the domain? It's a good domain. No, we actually, um, you know, the domain didn't, didn't come at a, a huge price, which was kind of surprising. Um, but I was, I was really stoked to get it. Um, it, it was, it was like one of those $10 domains. It was nice. Yeah, that, is, that is great. My, my first company, I had one of those, it was seven letter domain, very, very good domain. I'm like, I'll, I'll take this for 10 bucks. Well, <laughs> yeah, well cool. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one -on -one with venture capitalists 
this is where to do it. These are monthly pitch battles. So if you don't get in the first time, try again, right? The goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually, one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs, two, raise capital, three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you were kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city. Join the city and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event, and I hope to see you there. Forward thinking dot city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.